0: What's the worry, y'all? Welcome back to Called Game. Now, today we got a very special guest, one of the kings of NBA Twitter, and according to Mashables, number 17 of must-follows in the NBA world, Josiah Johnson. Welcome to the show, man.
1: Boys, so focus, you
0: know it's my day From a logo like Dane Bay. Tell him I gotta go and get the money. Good cause the money won't pay me. If anybody really thinks they know balling, well, please tell him come to pay me. Or you can go to YouTube and search Called Game, watch it on HD, yo.
1: And that's game. First of all, uh, I, I hit up the writer the list to tell him thank you, but I wasn't happy with that seventeen. I didn't see you on the list. <laughs> I wasn't there's, on the list. There was a few people I didn't see on the list, and I was like, "Ooh, I don't know if I could really rock with this list." So I definitely told him thank you, but I didn't really. <laughs> I couldn't really promote it with as is. I think the rankings were a little skewed and a little yeah. off. But
0: they had it broken into different sections, right? So it was like the must uh, must follows like uh, Wolge and. And Shams, and then it's like the funny dudes, yeah, right? He's the funny sure. dudes, and of course you you should be at the top of that
1: list. I appreciate you, bro. I mean, I'm just trying to trying to get in where I fit in. But I look at Woj, and it's like he shouldn't even be on the list because everybody knows when he tweets, a hundred people gonna retweet it. So you don't even really need to follow him. You gonna see it's gonna show up <laughs> in your timeline, but. He's a legend. There's a lot, of, a lot of cool legends on that crew. Like I said, a lot of people who should have been, but the game is a game. You're, right. you're out here doing it, you know, a million yeah, saying, strong. A little bit, a little you bit. You got an army, so, you
0: know, it's all good. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. So I, I want to start off talking about that Twitter journey because, like I said, you're one of the kings out there. I mean, it's meme left and right. It's just funny tweet after funny tweet. Even today, I know this is being posted later, you had the KD tweet that yeah, went kind of kind of viral. So what is the process for coming up with those tweets.
1: Well, I feel like now, man, I've been doing it so long, I'm kind of like a yoda, just master at it. So mm. I can, I kind of, I can visualize <laughs> and see the memes before they happen. So when I, when I saw the Katie Shannon Sharp thing, I could just wake up and see it, be like, all right, I got, it. I got the perfect meme for this thing. But it was a long process. I've been, you know, been around social for such a long time, even like 2008, 2009 YouTube days. We were mm. posting off kilter comedy and, and, and voiceover videos and doing a bunch of random stuff. So. I just kind of, I saw a lane, I saw a world in it, man. I just like to entertain people, and I do a lot of stuff in my regular life. It's kind of like my, you know, I get to be Superman and turn from Clark Kent to Superman on right. social. So I'll be working in writer's rooms and doing serious serious scenes and stuff, and then I'll be out there just cracking jokes and trying to just find the funny, man. Try to keep people entertained, especially throughout this pandemic. Mm-hmm. See, so, yeah, man, it's just a lot of people we're, were down on their luck and hard times, so if I can just be a little, like, release valve for them to get some comedy, get some entertainment, get some humor, that may be the only funny thing they see in the day. And mm-hmm. I also now use it as a way to, not break news, but a lot of people find the news out, like, Woja, tell the story, then I'll offer my interpretation of it, and people hear that before Woja's, and it kind of cracks me up that they heard the joke before the actual news story, so a lot of times, like, wait, so he got traded? (laughs) And it's like, I thought y'all knew that.
0: Because I'll I'll take that over the the news story, because, I mean, there's an initial tweet from, like, Woj Shams that'll tell you, X player got traded, and then they drop the whole article. I don't know if anybody that's reading the whole article, right? Sure. It's like we we get the trade, we get the reactions, we get the means, we get the people that's breaking it down, and it's like NBA Twitter is such a cool and fun place, but it's also got his little bad parts, and I know you know of the bad parts as well. So good, bad, the ugly, and that's yeah. a
1: lot of people like tell me by getting in the game, and they want to, they want to do this and do that, and it's like that's great, but the mental health component, just mm. like for the players, the same thing on, on the social side, because you got all these people, you can create a Twitter account in thirty seconds, right? Whoever, you know, if I want to hate on Candy, I want to, you know, I just F Candy, whatever, (laughs) 88266722. And the only things I'm doing every time you post, I got something negative to say. So you got to look past it. And I tell people, I see everything that comes in my feed. Mm -hmm. I mean, every single, somebody talking shit, somebody trying to clown, somebody, whatever, I see all of it. And I just make a mental note of it because I know I'm going to cross paths with these people at various points in life. And, you know, it could be whatever they want. I think a lot of times, even you look at kind of players, like I'm good friends with Matt Barnes and I'll see people come and Matt, Matt will respond. Then it's mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah. even like Shannon Sharp with KD today. Shannon came through, and I I rock with Shannon Sharp, but he came through with the fake quote. He got got, yep. like some of us do on, online at times. And instead of just apologizing, it's like, yeah, KD's a, a man. Like, if you're come at him and it's some bullshit, of course he's going to come back. Right. Is KD my favorite player? No, not until he comes to the Lakers. I'm a LeBron <laughs> guy, but I can respect, you know, all those angles. But, man, I think for, for me it's just – just the world, the game, and just the hustle. Man, NBA Twitter is such a fun spot because – Something will break, and then people will be talking about some shit that had nothing to do with that. Mm-hmm. Like somebody, just, right, right. You know, I've seen Kwame Brown catch strays off of an had <laughs> literally nothing to do with him, or a news story breaking, and then it turns into Kwame or whatever. Or, right. You know, I like to always look and kind of dig deeper, like who else is impacted by this? Like the Sixers grab somebody. Mm-hmm. How does Austin Rivers feel at that moment? <laughs> that his pops not even rocking with him like that to bring him on the squad. So right. just trying to have the clips ready, and like I said, try to keep people entertained. But I'm always amazed that how it starts as whatever the story is, it'll now turn into twenty other different. Things you'll see somebody random trending yeah. that had nothing to do. Yep. Like yep. why is Jr. Smith trending? It's like because <laughs> somebody made a soup joke about something else, and now his name is just out there. But it's a, it's a crazy world.
0: I think what what you do so well when it comes to the Twitter account is getting all aspects of a joke right. I feel like there are so many people out there that maybe don't even remember the soup thing with Jr. Smith. So yeah. what are some like under under the radar? like moments in NBA world or the NBA Twitter that you can think of off the top of the dome other than like that, that soup thing. I mean, I haven't forgot about
1: it, but like you mentioned it, I was like, it it brought back a memory. I mean, it was just so much stuff. I mean, from Temecula all, all the way, you know, through like, you just look at the various incarnations of, of social and Twitter and, you know, guys will pop up and there'll be a thing for a couple mm-hmm. of years and they'll just disappear or whatever. Yeah. Or, you know, if somebody's account gets suspended. It's kind of like if, <laughs> if the people like like that person, it's the heartache and pain. And I think of like cryptic One. he's had like 15, 20 different yep. accounts. But yep. every, I feel like every time the account pops up, it got like 300,000 followers clap right him away. They
0: quick. I feel like he's been through it a lot.
1: Zach Fox, another one. Yep. Like Zach will just drop heat all the time. And it's just like, dude, you can't be doing this <laughs> shit. I'm just looking like, please, man, we need you. We need do you,
0: you. Do you see it as like a competition? kind of when it comes to like the meat, like, cause you want to be, maybe you don't. When I do what I do, I want to be the king of that, you know? Yeah, for sure. So there's a little competition.
1: Well, I think about somebody like yourself, and, and it's like, you've been able to ascend because you have all these resources and tools available, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you might have five, ten years ago tried to go to networks and be like, look, I want to do what I'm doing now, and they would have been like, eh, right. but you go do it now, those same spots are like, oh, we rock with you, we roll with you. So for me, it was kind of a situation where I just wanted the ability to get my, my, my name and my voice out there and really just the humor. I grew up playing basketball, I played at UCLA, so mm-hmm. we spent time in those locker rooms, with a guy like Matt Barnes or a guy like Trevor Ariza or a guys mm-hmm. like Dejon Thompson, Seth Bozeman, whoever, you, you got to go at these dudes. Like this is right, daily right. thing. Like everybody's kind of clowning, doing whatever. And it's, you know, a doggy dog type of situation. So you got to be able to hold your own, crack jokes, be able to take jokes. And I think I've just now applied that to social and Twitter. And for me, it's like there's enough serious stuff going on. So whenever something happens, I'm always just trying to like, what's the funny, what's the joke? Right. And I feel like we as like a black community, use humor as a coping mechanism for sure so whatever whatever the story is that's going on it could be anything i'm gonna find a joke and find a way to just make people laugh and find like the lighter side of it
0: i respect that you you mentioned something that we're gonna transition to that was the ucla days man what was the journey from from where you grew up we're gonna talk about you and your pops a little bit later but get into ucla
1: so yeah, obviously, pops was able to really lay that foundation. My older brother Chris went there too, and I think they were the first father and son to win a national championship at the same school—maybe the only. Yeah. But uh, I was a ball boy on that '95 squad. So I grew. I actually went to elementary school on UCLA's campus, a school called UES. So I spent my whole, pretty much, life there. Mm-hmm. Like I, I was at the fourth, fifth, sixth grader after school, I would go over to the arcade. I remember have like five dollars worth of quarters in my pocket, go to the arcade on campus, and just go hit it. Or they had a bowling alley back then. All that stuff has now since changed, but and just go be on campus, see a guy like Charles O'Bannon or Ed mm-hmm. or Tyus, who's my cousin, just around there, man. And just, just being in that world in the summertime when my older brother would play and then eventually myself. So I ended up growing 6'7", and I think I was like a USA Today Honorable Mention to All-America coming out of high school, right. as a senior at a school called Montclair Prep, and Van Nuys with a bunch of legends, all types of legends went there, but was able to, you know, Steve Lavin was a coach at the time, Lav rocked with me, offered me a scholarship, but for me it was just a, it was a tremendous experience and ability, but then I step on campus and I'm going up against Dan Gazirich, who was Gazirich when we were there, but he's like 6'11", like 240. Uh You know, I have to go up Ray Young, who's just a physical specimen, Mm -hmm. 6'5", but, you know, in slam, and I'm seeing all these dudes and I'm I'm reading their slam diaries. My roommate, TJ Cummings, my freshman, he's like 6'9", Terry Cummings is his pops, and our pops actually funny got traded for each other in the NBA from, uh, I think it's Pops with the Clippers. My dad's with the Bucks, so they made that trade. So we had met kind of throughout our lives and then to be freshmen on campus together, but he's like 6'9 rock, just joke. You know, <laughs> I'm looking at all these dudes like, shit, I mean, I probably don't have a, a really long future in this hoop thing. Maybe I can go overseas playing like a B-League or something. But I learned at that moment, like, I got to figure something out. So entertainment, comedy, that was always something I was really mm-hmm. good at, keeping the mood light with the squad. You know, wherever we would go, we'd go on road trips, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. If we were down, you know, brighten the spirits. We were, we were up, brighten the spirits. Just always trying to keep everybody loose, fresh, and just kind of keep the mood as light as possible.
0: You're one of the people that, that turned like a – a college career of maybe not getting a lot of pt into some success. Uh Mark Titus is another guy, I don't know if you're aware of him. He turned from being the bench warmer to a best-selling author yeah. and podcaster. So like you, you that was one of my questions like when was the moment you were like okay, maybe hoops as a player ain't a thing, but I want to work in this realm of social or or media.
1: I think for us, it was, it was my crew, it was uh, Ike Williams and Quinn Hawkins, who are my boys on the squad. We just sit on the end of the bench together, and for us, we just would figure out because you know you sit on the bench three hours. You know we're playing a big game. We're not going to get in the game. Right. But for us, it's like, all right, well, there's like 20 cameras here. Let's figure out the angles. We can figure out ways to get on screen. So if a guy shoots, we know <laughs> we know the right angle to jog to to get our face on or whatever it may be or, you know, the red lights during timeouts, whatever. If they're filming mm. the huddle, one of us might turn and act like we're looking at something, but really we're right. just trying to get that air time.
0: I always wonder about the bench mobs like that, you know, yeah. with the celebrations. So it's all active. Like, we gonna get our time on, on TV, for sure.
1: I remember my last game, we played Texas Tech in the tournament. And uh, after halftime, it was like, shit. we're probably not to get in this game. So we all just took our warmups off. It was like, at least somebody's watching at home. They might think we got in, got some playing time. Because <laughs> that was always the distinguisher. You look at the end of the bench, those guys are still full, whatever. So mm. I think we pulled our joints off. But for us, I mean, you think you're playing with these guys and got the opportunity to go to a school like UCLA, just a tremendous legacy and to be a part of the brotherhood. And it's really just getting where you fit in but a lot of those guys like guys like my pops and and other people in that space kareem bill walton all these guys have gone on to have successful careers in Mm -hmm. broadcasting and acting and doing other stuff so you're in la you're in hollywood you're just in that world you got all types of like jaleel white who's a close friend of mine who Mm -hmm. plays steve urkel obviously on family matters but he's front front row at games and you know chopping it up with you it's like yeah you just kind of get immersed in this world where you kind of just crave and desire and want to be a part of it
0: when it comes going back to ucla was there ever a moment where it wasn't UCLA, or was it like because my pops, my big bro went there, it's always going to be UCLA no matter what? Because I'm like you said, you were honorable mention um, McDonald's All america so I'm guessing you had offers for more than just UCLA.
1: Yeah, no, so I honorable mention USA Today. Join, I like to because I don't want anybody watching to watch. be like, oh, you, you, oh, you, okay, you, okay. you know, you know, a little bit different, just but, a little bit. But on the internet, they they can go and they put So I always trying to make sure I don't want anybody. You right, know I right, like, right. Keep my, my mental <laughs> health right. So, but he wasn't McDonald's. You was, was, ass, whatever. Like, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, for me, honestly, like, UCLA came in late in the game, so I was getting recruited heavy by uh, Xavier at that point, who uh, coached Skip Prosser, who later went on to Wake Forest, but passed away, but he was recruiting me heavy. So I was kind of like, I want to get out of L.A. just because my family's here. I spent my whole life here, mm-hmm. and I want to just go somewhere random where I could just hoop and, and do whatever. But UCLA came along. I took a visit, and it was just like, yo, like, right, you know, yeah. Ray Young, Sean Farnham, where my uh, my host Sean Farnham, Ty Ramazar, just, you know, guys that I'm still close and friends with, and after the first night it was like shit I'm, I'm just I'm here like, <laughs> Automatic, right? You know, my brother I mean I just I knew all these guys me and my brother are like seven years apart so he was a senior when like Earl Watson and Baron Davis were freshmen mm-hmm. and Todd who was on that squad as well but so now I became a freshman when these guys were all seniors right, so there's a little overlap so Earl's a senior Earl you know like I to this day the greatest leader I think I've ever played with oh, just wow. seeing just, just I mean he, he embodies a captain a point guard leader just the way he had the, the ship running on that squad mm-hmm. and he was an extension of Steve Lavin on the court but just seeing all these dudes who I used to look up to, like I'm going to my brother's games looking at these dudes like, I'm a 14 year old flabby kid at that point, (laughs) to now being 18, like hanging out with Earl and like being at Earl's PT Cruiser, freestyling and doing, (laughs) I'm just saying like things that would be going on. It's like it was, it was an incredible experience. So I wouldn't have traded for the world. And I'm so happy that I got the opportunity to do it, even though it didn't, from a basketball standpoint, work out as much as I wanted it to.
0: You played with a ton. You just mentioned some of them, a ton of players that went on to the league, man. Yeah. A ton of them. Uh, Aaron DeFlalo. Yeah. I mean, you had a four year career there. So you had some players that went early, a little bit later. Aaron DeFlalo. You just mentioned Earl, Earl, Earl Watson, who had like a the shortest leash, leash of all time when it comes to like NBA coaches. Like, he got they got him out of that, though, real fast.
1: Yeah. It's kind of crazy. I mean, I'm happy for the sons of where they are now, but you look at that situation and he was up for the UCLA job and the the alumni kind of rallied behind behind him basketball player wise Mm -hmm. and kind of got this weird thing from the the other alumni at UCLA. And it's like this dude coaching the NBA, he was running a successful AAU program at that time. He just, it's a guy like Earl comes into your house, you're going to play for him just because he's done everything. He's 14 year NBA vet. You know, play with everybody you could think of. Like, if you, that's your goal is to get to the NBA as a guy you want to be around and be with. But yeah, it was janky. They did him dirty, but the yeah. game is the game. And you right. know, he's moved on. I'm happy for him.
0: One of the things we like to do here is called Homecourt Dictionary, okay. um, where we talk about. Our guest's home court. And of course, you've talked about it a lot. LA is your home, always has been. And every place on the map has their own style, own terms, own way of play. I'm from Chicago, as you may know. So when it comes to our players, we're usually gritty, talk a lot of shit. You know what I'm saying? Good defensive players. What do you think is the mold of the LA based basketball player?
1: I mean, LA has this kind of light skinned tinge to it where, (laughs) you know, we're good looking, we got the best hair, best jumpers, the weather's the best. So everybody, but it's a burden that we carry as Hoopers in LA. And it's just kind of a style, but we can play year-round outside. So you go somewhere like a New York or Chicago. Like I've been I've been to Chicago All-Star Weekend. It's like it was mm-hmm. f- even walking from the subway or whatever, the metro, CTA, whatever it's shit's yeah. called, to the hotel. It was like two blocks. I am literally froze my ass off. <laughs> like, yeah. like I'm done, I can't deal with this yeah. shit. I wanna get back to LA. But I think our Hoopers, that's kind of just the world we're going. So we can play all year long, play anywhere, indoor, outdoor. So we just pick up a lot of, you know, a lot of great tendencies. But guys just – it's funny, too, because we get this kind of light-skinned, soft, pretty boy thing. I saw with UCLA in the tournament this year mm-hmm. when they're going up against Alabama whatever. You guys are soft, then we flipped the Gonzaga now. We, you know, we're <laughs> not getting no calls. We're, we're the tough guys now all of a sudden. But – I think it's just that world. So people kind of have this negative view, kind mm-hmm. of L.A. guys. But if you look at the league across the board from decade to decade, who's running things? You know, the UCLA and these 11 natties, yeah. you know, who's yeah. got the most players in the league? Like, we're, we're always up there, and it's L.A. dudes always on roster. So this is a question we always ask, too, because you got the East Coast, West Coast beef. So I think that's always been a thing. And I know Chicago Hoopers, of course. We want a little bit of love. I mean, you know, you got Q. Rich and just, the you know, D. Mm-hmm. Wade and those dudes. I remember I was at UCLA, my roommate's TJ Cummings. Uh, D Wade's freshman year, I think he had the red shirt. Okay, on, we were on campus talking about Hoopers, and the way I saw T J talk about D Wade, it was like, damn, yeah, he might be pretty good. <laughs> so to see him, but he's—I mean, y'all got to check for my boy Dwayne Wade. Like, right. he's at Marquette, he's about to kill. Like, and we're just <laughs> like, whatever, dog. Like, we're, we're not really feeling it. But then you, you know, you just see that world. But for us. As LA hoopers, we just kind of, you know, try to try to really lay that foundation. I think New York, they always feel like they're the mecca of everything, like mm-hmm. they invented this, they invented that. It may be, but we took it and elevated it to a whole nother level. So, right. was, you know, when we I, look I at it, where, where the Pac wanted to be, where the, you know, right. Snoop Dre, where where's really what's really going down is LA for sure.
0: Yeah, we had uh we had Metal Royal Peace on the show, and of course he's a New York guy. And that was definitely the tone he gave us, like, man. We did all of that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we're talking about sure. Queensbridge. We we got this Hooper, this Hooper, this Hooper, you know, the greatest AAU team of all time. And I'm not saying he's wrong in that, but it's. I think everybody that we're going to have on the show is going to have a, a similar sentiment. It's like, my city is the best. You know what I'm saying. My city is the best.
1: New York's got a great hoop legacy, but they all—they also like to just over—they overrate everything. Like the Knicks, everything that goes on. Like you know, they're like they get you know five seed, and it's like we got to shut the city down. We're having a parade, championships, <laughs> Lakers, UCLA, Dodgers. This is yep. something that LA exudes, and we rock with New York. But like I've said, like I, I was actually born in Trenton, New Jersey, and I spent most of my life in LA. I wouldn't trade it for the world. All the New York dudes moved to L.A. Mm-hmm. In the summertime, was cracking, everybody's in L.A. So right. we're the spot to be. Obviously, the Lakers, everything that's going on, LeBron James. LeBron could have went to the Knicks. He right. could have went to the Nets. Yeah. He had to let KD do that because, yeah. you know, he's, he's coming to L.A. That, <laughs> that's where dudes want to be.
0: Okay, so, again, Lakers fan, that moment, because um, you, you go from the Kobe era to hard tank we're talking about. Yeah. Who, who's on those routes? Xavier Henry, <laughs> Robert Sacre-led teams, to 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 bronze signing to the Lakers. How was that moment for you as a, as a Laker fan going through, what, five years of rebuilding for no rebuild?
1: So I grew up, my pops played for the Clippers, grew up a Clippers fan, but LeBron James for me was, you know, I, I, in 2003 he came to UCLA, he was a senior in high school, he used our locker room, mm-hmm. I think we were on a road trip somewhere. I look at some Sports Illustrated photos a couple weeks later that come out. He, he used my locker. So I knew at that point, like, my had great taste. Like, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a smart dude. He already he, he surveyed the 15 lockers, like, I'm going to fuck with this dude. So we've already always had a connection. But, uh, you know, I mean, like, for, for me, when he made that choice, like, it's, it's been tough being a LeBron fan. We had to go to Cleveland, Miami. Mm-hmm. You know, we were, we were comfortable living the life. Like, yeah. we didn't really need to dip back. But I get he wanted to go back and win a ring. But the day he announced he'd be coming to Lakers, like for me as a, as a former Clippers fan, it was amazing because Clippers obviously marred in controversy. Donald Sterling, yep. my pops played through the Donald Sterling year. So mm-hmm. Clippers fans from that time really have like a Stockholm syndrome. Like we support the team, but knowing that the owner could give a shit and really didn't want us to be right. successful. Right. Literally like said, it, I don't care. Like yeah. we could suck. Like yeah. I'm not paying any bread, whatever. So to see Steve Ballmer come in and get that that ship right and get Kawhi and PG has been awesome, but to see LeBron come his first year and there was a lot of hate. Obviously the Warriors were were dominating the mm-hmm. league with their pseudo dynasty, you know the oh pseudo the pseudo. I mean you know KD KD era. If okay, we're being, you know, right. I get you. That. I know a lot of Warriors fans get mad when you hear that, but yeah. I, I, and I ask them who has the most Finals MVPs in Warriors history, <laughs> and it's Kevin Durant. So yeah, it okay. was the KD era. I mean right, you know, right. I get you. That. You know when it was Shaq and Kobe, it was the Shaq era. Shaq yeah. was winning Finals right. MVPs. Kobe was doing his thing but Mm -hmm. that's just what it is so to see that you know to see that kind of having to deal with Warriors fans feeling themselves and try to flex and just act tough and just have this great stretch where they lose to the Raptors I believe in 2019 LeBron Mm -hmm. comes and wins in 2020 Mm -hmm. and now you know him and AD obviously injured but once they get back together we know what it is we're not tripping on seeds or anything like that
0: you're not worried about the uh the Brooklyn the Hypothetically, seven game series in the finals.
1: No, they they don't they don't d up enough, and I think there's only one ball. Kyrie's kind of on his spiritual. Every week is kind of some different. You know, he's, he reminds me of, like you know, Sharif from menace to society. Like you know, he's <laughs> sitting on the cooler telling you don't. Know, you know, we are tropical people and all this other good shit, but. And and Harden, Harden, I think is playing at an MVP level, and when he's had the squad to himself or Mm. or with Kyrie, you know, without the big three, he's he's done his thing. But they don't lock up, Mm. you know. The Lakers without LeBron and AD are locking up. Still, I want to say top top defense already. It's them in the
0: Knicks one and two, and without AD and
1: LeBron, still locking up. Yeah, yeah. Caruso, whoever, whoever is out there, McKinney, like you know, (laughs) don't get run or coming in locking up. So I think. You know LeBron and AD are built for this. They only had the seventy-one day layoff, which I understand the league wants to make their money. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we all work and get money off the league too, so we all want that to go on as well. Like I run my numbers up better when the league is, you know, same here. That's just how the game works. So, but also I've seen this happen during the uh, lockout. I won't say in twenty eleven. Where guys came back, you saw a lot of injuries. I believe like D Rose, mm-hmm. I think ended up, you know, messing his shit up, and just guys suffering these these ACLs yeah, and, the year. you know. But yeah. these badass injuries, and it's like you can't, you know, these dudes are on a, like a routine and a schedule. You already asked them to go to the bubble, mm-hmm. you know, change their whole lives for three months, and you know, from all the stories I heard there, it's like you know you're on prison. You're in prison at Disneyland. It's great, <laughs> like, but anywhere, you know, you go to Disneyland for three months, like, should take my ass home. I don't, right, I'm right. not trying to sit in this little hole. <laughs> And I think Rondo or somebody said something about the rooms. It's like, look at those rooms. Not for these dudes. These yeah, it dudes was are.
0: Rondo. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And everybody
1: shitting on him. Like, That's a, no, not for Rondo. Not right. You know, like, not for what they're used to at all. Not, not even LeBron and his whatever. I know he had the, the he had the little uh, penthouse up top. He want nobody to see it, but it was uh, He was discreet with his joints. But even him is like, this is not. You know, this yep. is okay. This not ain't.
0: especially not for like. What, three, four months that they exactly. were really there? You know, you could take a weekend
1: trip. And. I'm looking at JaVale's room. It's like, you got this seven foot dude in this with the, the two beds together. That's not comfortable they can't, at all. You know, I, I've done vacations. That's why you want to bring your ass home after a couple of days. <laughs> but, uh, but just to have those dudes do that. Then seventy one day layoff. Didn't get to have a parade. Didn't even really get to turn up with the Dodgers. We yeah. you know we're in the heat of the pandemic. We can't even turn up and celebrate. Obviously, everything you know went on with Kobe and his tragic passing, mm-hmm. and for these dudes to come back and just you know win it for him, it's like shit. We want to turn up as a city, but right. it's gonna happen. We're all you know getting our legs ready. Everybody's getting vaccinated. Hopefully,
0: that time will come.
1: Yeah, and we're going to turn up mm. regardless of what <laughs> happens this year. There's going to be a championship turn up. We may just act like we went we won this year, no matter what happens. Right,
0: right. Can you imagine if you do win both of them? Yeah. I mean, like, come
1: on. I've already warned people. If that happens, just unfollow me because it's going to be a <laughs> lot of hurt feelings. I'm, I'm really coming for heads. I've made a list in my head. I'm sure you know. You know yeah. people that talk shit. And, mm-hmm. and, and there's some people that have no business doing it, like blue checks that are people I know. And it's like, do you think I'm not going to – like, I'm six seven. What, what did you think was going <laughs> to happen? I was going to forget? Or I wasn't – I'm just saying, like, are we going to fight? What do you want to do? Because right. There's going to be some heat coming for you, so might block me now, preemptive. Shannon Sharp, me just hit me with the block, cause we're, you know. We can discuss it like gentlemen, whatever. But if they they, they go back to back, yeah, this whole city, is, you know.
0: I may come back for that. For that uh, yeah, you, for you, you're more than
1: welcome. <laughs> I'm back. We i don't are, know how these bulls are going to do. It. I know we're you know. not.
0: Too, I'm, I'm I'm tired of the bulls. That's my my boys, but I'm not talking about that. Okay. Anymore.
1: <laughs> so you can come, you know, be like everybody else. Come jump on this Laker bandwagon, yep. like all the former Warriors fans and everybody else, <laughs> Clippers fans. You know, when it when it's time, it's time. But we're excited for it.
0: We're gonna get back to UCLA. Explain to me what the shit crew
1: is. <laughs> so shit crew was a we basically we knew that we were just like the the, the low the low men on the totem pole. So right. you know if we're doing drills or whatever, we're doing the unfavorable part of the drill. Whether that's playing defense the whole time or oh my god, whatever's going on. I've never thought about. Things like that.
0: Like the lower end players are probably just doing the defensive stuff. Oh, my God. Okay. I'm sorry to
1: cut you off. No, for sure. But if like coaches mad at you, then you're mad at the squad, then you're going to feel the brunt of it. Now (laughs) these guys are trying to take out their anger and frustration on you. But also we got to have fun with that shit too because you be scout team. Mm -hmm. So I specifically remember I had to be this dude from Columbia. We were playing them in like a preseason game. But, but all he did was shoot threes. I'm like, they was like, yo, just shoot threes. So <laughs> I made like 10 or 12 threes that game. The dude <laughs> were getting mad at me. But I'm like, yo, this is my fucking game. Dog. Right, I'm, like, right. I'm not going to get to play. So for us, shit crew was kind of just, we we were a group of funny ass dudes that, that like to crack jokes, like I say, keep the mood light. And for us, it's like you get to that point when you're not playing a lot in the game, it's like, don't fucking put me in with 30 seconds left. Like you're <laughs> messing up my stats. Right. So there's, yeah, not, yeah, yeah. there's not any there's not any way I can really go off or get a bucket here. It's no, it's like that one rebound and somebody dribble it out. So the, the the greatest hope is to be that guy and yeah. get a little bit of time. But I'm not gonna really get no buckets. These dudes aren't gonna foul at this point because the game is so out out of reach that there's no benefit, so we used to sit on the bench. Just like, yo, don't put me in the game, dog. I don't know. Mark Titus literally has a book on that shit, yep. and that's why I, when I read I've read Titus's book, I'm like, dude, I love it. like everything that you know. You, from team to team, it's the same shit. You show up to these cities, everybody thinks you're good. I remember like freshman year, you show up, everybody thinks, oh, you're gonna be a star or whatever, and then you don't play, and it's like, oh, you know. Right. And next next year, it's like whoever the new the new crop is, they're the one who get that love, but. For us, shit crew, just kind of it was a way of life. Like we used to have a, a saying: "Win or lose, no overtime." Just because we don't want to sit for three hours, <laughs> so go for the win. Don't don't be cowards. Try to win this shit. What are we trying to play for? OT for and get these extra. You know, we play these national TV games, CBS games. It'd be like three minute timeouts. It's like, dude, like. <laughs> I'm not trying to be here for three hours if I'm not going to get no run. Like, this shit is embarrassing. This is just more time for people to clown and not know know what's going on. Right. But I'm thankful that we didn't have social at that point because we would have been getting ethered, like, (laughs) routinely. But we would have fun with the shit. We would do, like, we had this thing during free throws. The movie Major League would come out, so we would, like, bang our legs and do whatever. But we would just have, like, kind of a lot of shit that Monmouth was doing in in recent times we were getting off, but people didn't recognize. But Mm -hmm. We had a whole, like, system to communicate goodfella style where we – we cover our mouths to say shit to each other. We'd have these elaborate conversations. Or everywhere we went, we would just try to make dudes crack up. So right. National Anthem, whatever was going on, we are just... And all it took was a look sometimes. You could just look at somebody, and then they would lose it because whatever was going on. But it was it was a tight-knit crew, and, and I'm thankful for those guys. And if it wasn't for that that experience, I wouldn't have went on to create Legend of Chamberlain Heights and do some of the other shit I've done in life. So I'm super thankful for that, that, that time and those moments.
0: Let's transition to that because the shit crew was probably the first step in you getting to the uh, legend of chamberlain heights
1: right so with uh yeah the shit crew experience Funny, we're actually going to call Legend of chamberlain heights shit crew at one point but you know we, we would have had to uh, bleep out one of the letters so right. it wouldn't have flowed correctly but those experiences i think you know later on in life uh quinn hawking who was my teammate and myself and obviously ike williams were like the the three dudes on the end of the bench that were the served as the inspiration for the characters and legends but just that whole show come into existence. We were doing a bunch of stuff, which I know you can attest to. We were doing a bunch of stuff on YouTube at that point, mm-hmm. putting out clips, putting out funny shit. We did like a Kobe LeBron puppet remix right. deal, made it like super raunchy, but it ended up going viral and got, got the attention of these two guys that were working in uh in animation. One of them had a company with Tom Werner, a guy by the name of Mike Clements, and uh other guy by the name of Brad Abelson, who was a, an animator on The Simpsons. So they mm-hmm. reached out they initially like had this idea for a LeBron show they wanted to do and they knew we were LeBron fans, but we had to kind of politely tell them like, like I love and respect LeBron, but my sense of humor is not <laughs> really gonna, you know, we're going to talk about some fucked up shit. Yeah, that yeah, made, yeah. You know, he's not really going to be happy about if, we, right. if, if, if he's the character. So they were just like, all right, well, what else do you got? So I told them that, you know, hey, we should sit on the end of the bench at UCLA, mm. fuck around during games and kind of, you know legend for us was a term of endearment so anybody you saw on campus and for us it was kind of a funny thing like on our inner circle but everybody we saw we call them legend and it was mm-hmm. just like a term of endearment you see somebody on it could be a football dude whoever a regular frat dude whatever like what up legend and <laughs> right, that's how we right. greeted each other so so from to see that kind of thing turn into a, a show with characters and a mm-hmm. you know jay Farrell and tiffany haddish and right. the cast that we had carl jones who's you know going on to do some amazing shit erica badu doing the music for us that's insane it was just like holy shit like yeah. this is this is real thing and I know we aired for two seasons but we got the second season faster than any show at Comedy Central History at that point Mm. like they came to our first table read for the first season and it was a script that me and Quinn wrote President, network's there. Everybody there. We got like 150 people there. We called all our boys, whatever. That was the thing with them. They was trying like keep the guest list like like we're hoopers. Like I'm calling every hooper I fucking know to come check this shit out. Yeah. Like this is like a stunt time. Like this is like you get to be a stunner. Like I can get everybody up here. So we had like 200 people at the table. read but the president's there. A bunch of big wigs from the company. We end up like killing that shit. Everybody just cracking up the whole time. After that, they're like, yo, we want to order season two now." Mm. And just good on. Go. So to to have that experience on the bench and just knowing like my life could have you know ended on that UCLA bench and never went anywhere, but to use those experiences to be able to create that show and get two seasons out of it, honestly, the experience I wouldn't trade for the world.
0: So it was on Comedy Central and they're pretty... uh They let you do anything. I mean, yeah. S- South Park just do what they want. Yeah. Did they give you that same leash? Like, you can just
1: do whatever. So South Park earned that. You know, when you have 20-plus <laughs> seasons, I think right. they were probably like season 18, 19 by the point that we got there because we would ask, like, you know, I'm, I'm just like, I just saw a dude on South Park, like, shoot himself in the head, then shit himself, and then do whatever. Like, <laughs> right. can we... For just you know, I'll, I'll key you in for the end of the first season. Originally, season finale, uh, character Grover hits a free throw to send him to the playoffs. But the episode was supposed to end with him hitting the free throw to send him to the playoffs, and then he ends up shitting himself right on the court. Like, <laughs> right? You know, what I mean, but like he just loses it, so he he basically gets knocked down to square one. They saw that, and, and our animators were very liberal in terms of how they. It was like a good thirty second long like shit scene. So I'm mm-hmm. even watching it like dog. We're like eighteen seconds over the shit <laughs> threshold. We're not they're gonna pull this shit. But they ended up like, nah, we can't do that. So they would have situations like that where they're just like, nah, it's too much, too extreme. And we would always try and fuck with them to that point. Like right. we would add stuff into scripts knowing we wouldn't keep it just to see, it, see if we could <laughs> get a rise out of them. But they let us do a lot of shit, to be honest with you. And I'm super thankful for that. We were basically kind of like the, the black version of South Park in terms of the topics and the things we got to talk about. So I feel like that show was ahead of its time. It's sad because I'm such kind of a big voice in NBA Twitter now. If I think about it, I had the same following back then. Right. A lot more people would have rocked with it and, 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 and really rolled with it. But that also led me to become the person who I am on social now so that Mm -hmm. experience on that show was like my first time I was managing the social account after a couple weeks I talked to him I'm like all right let me let me jump on this shit Mm -hmm. and let me just see like I didn't really fuck with social at that point I didn't really know what was going on so I just studied a lot of other accounts and how they posted the type of you know just the style and what people thought was funny so I was able to grow that account to close to like 100,000 followers during my time running it and it gave me the strength and inspiration to do my own shit my Mm -hmm. wife used to tell me back then, like, yo, you got to, you know, like one day the show's not going to be here and you got to you have your own shit to show for. And I'm right. just like, uh, you know, then finally show gets canceled and I start doing my own shit. And she's like, I told you, yeah, you know, and that's, you know, make sure, I don't know what your relationship, blue situation, whatever, but always listen to your significant other when they tell you, because <laughs> they have great perspective. For
0: sure. Yeah. No, for sure. For sure. I, I think that a lot of people are realizing the same thing that you realize is, um, that it's something natural about being independent, yeah. right? No matter who is above you, like even right now I work with Bleach Report slash House of Highlights, but this endeavor that we're working on right now, this is all independent. And it. my heart is in this more than it is in some of the other stuff, just For because sure. this, this is my baby. So um, I, I just want people to realize that because I feel like some people might realize that a little bit later than they should.
1: I, this is a, I'm, I'm, I'm old and washed now. I'm, I'm in my LeBron year 18. You know, I've got a couple <laughs> more years left trying to win a couple more rings and I'm gonna ride off to the sunset. But this is the thing I try and impress on a, a lot of kids, especially, you know, you've seen it, how how big of a business that this social land is. It's not just fun and games mm-hmm. anymore. And that's why I, I pride myself on trying to be as original and unique as possible. Cause I've seen the grimy side of that. I've seen kind of how some of these kids will come out with this great content, not even realize it. we see it on TikTok, We see it on all these platforms. Yep. And then you'll see somebody just snatch their shit and now they're the one who's getting the glory, getting the and for me it's like it's not about like the retweets and likes anymore. It's just like big bags. This is business. Mm-hmm, yeah. Like this shit is like, you know, a check now involved. So I just tell a lot of these kids, like, you can really go out there and do this shit. Like, if you look at the way these companies move and operate, and for me being an independent, I consult and I work with a lot of different companies. Shout out to Wave and Buckets. I'm doing my show out of pocket live with. I work with a lot of spots, but I always make sure to tell them, like, I can't work here full time because I can't have y'all telling me what I can tweet. Like, yep, yep. like it's funny. I saw some of my greatest growth during the election because I was able to talk about (laughs) shit and I'm just thinking in my head like damn if I work at Bleacher or ESPN or whatever, like they would have shut this shit down right away. Trust me, I know. know, Yeah. Yeah, you can't say that, you can't do this. Like I've gotten those type of emails before and and kind of been on slacks where that type of shit has happened. So I maintain everybody I work with like look this is me. If if y'all like it, great. If y'all have problems with it, that's just that's gonna be on you. That's not anything I'm gonna change about myself. And it's funny, once I stopped needing jobs, that's when I got like, you know, once you get to that level where you don't need the help. Yeah. But you also got to appreciate the grind. That's why I have a look. And it's no disrespect to these kids that run these accounts, but they'll run these six, seven, eight million follower accounts. It's like, well, if you never got it out the mud, mm. like anybody could post from this shit. Yeah, like, you yeah. run an eight million follower account, and we're doing the same numbers. I have 100,000 followers. Yeah. That should tell you something. Like, anybody could do this shit. Like, mm-hmm. But, you know, but if you can't do it on your own, and that's why I really respect there's so many talented-ass kids out there, 10 15,000 followers, I'm always just like, look, I'll, I'll pump your shit. Yeah. Send me what you got. Like, if it, you know, if you like it and it's hidden, let me know. I'll, I'll amplify it for you rather see you run your numbers up and with these same people, like, look, but when they come to you now, brand sponsors, whoever, get your fucking bag, like, mm-hmm. don't, 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 you know, don't accept just some free merch or whatever. You know yeah. the hustle. Yeah. You know, yeah. as you as yeah. you get yeah. that trajectory going, like, oh, we'll send you some free shit. And at first, you're like, oh, that's great, I get free shit. Then it's like, no, nah, I just gave you guys like a million impressions off this yeah. post I just put up, mm-hmm. and according to my CPM calculator, that's about five racks <laughs> that you owe me. Like, yeah. It's not yeah. like no free shit anymore. Like this bottle was like thirty five dollars. Like that's right. That don't really work for me. But you kind of learn that shit as you go. And I think that's what I really try to impress upon a lot of these young kids in the next generation is like you can hustle and grind and really do something like you're doing, you know, a million mm-hmm. strong. Like that's for me, like I said, like I, I watch your videos and I'm just like, you, you did one the other day with like 15 bucks to, to yeah. and I'm looking at the shit and it's like this could be a 30-second video. Yeah, right? I'm just saying, like, yeah. I'm, like I'm taking bam, 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 bam. You like twenty minutes of just like great ass content, but I'm just like I'm invested like shit. Yeah, I'm looking at my watch like damn. Okay, he still still got me hooked. But that's what they can realize now. Because if you go and you try and pitch that to a company or whatever, at first they're not gonna give you no no run or rock with you, or they may give you some shit. But if you do it yourself, now learn and you learn more from. I learn more from the failures like, the bad shit. The, like, I was doing voiceovers at one point because I saw Michi and some other, you know, Savvy and some other cats. And I'm like, damn, this is like a small lane. I, I, did, a, I did a show. Like, let me try that. Some of them hit, and let's just say some of them did not. Right. Like, that's where I'm getting, like, just ripped apart and <laughs> cancer-wished on my life and death threats. And I'm just like, damn, dog, you didn't like my Luca voiceover? Like, <laughs> like <laughs> shit. Right, like, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, like, it's not like a death threat type of situation. Like, just tell me you didn't like it and keep it moving. But you learn trial and error, like, you're getting dragged, going through it. It's kind of like... Being like a comedian, right? You bomb sometimes on on social. Like you go, you might put some shit in, it doesn't hit. Mm -hmm. But you learn from those moments. And all my friends do stand-up. That's kind of my next foray. But they're like, you know, this is a part of the life. Like you gotta go bomb because it makes you stronger. And then you just learn that now these comments don't mean shit to me. Mm. I, I I see the pain in people's voices when they're tweeting. It's like, damn, like you just made a fucking burner account just to talk shit to me? <laughs> do you think I'm that important? Because that's, I would never do that to me. Like, I would never waste that 15, 20 minutes. You could have done whatever. But for me, it's like, all right, keep going. Because I get so much love, too. But I don't know about yourself, but I remember the hate more than the love. That's mm. like the fuck. Like, I'll get a thousand, like, positive. I'll remember, like, the two negatives or I whatever. Think that's, I
0: think that's very natural. Yeah, you know, uh, Very natural, especially from creators. Because, like like you said, a million. I just hit a million. But there are some mentions that I get that I'm like, bro, out of the million, this one person said this. So that's why, like, honestly, I stay away from my mentions at all costs. Like, I, unless it is, like the other day, I had a bunch of fans put together a um, happy one million video, which is brought tears to my eyes. Literally brought tears to my eyes. So I, I read the comments on that one because I'm like, there can't be nobody hating on this, right? It's not even me. It's it's the people that watch me. Yeah. I, I was wrong. I was wrong.
1: I read, I read every single comment. I know that's, but I've been on... I've been on YouTube and these these platforms just like 2007, 2008. Mm. And back in those days, it was like, you know, this was like the Wild West. They were saying shit about your mom, family, mm-hmm. whatever. I mean, it was like before they really had the algorithm to check and kind of report and do all that type of shit. But for me, it just lets me know kind of where my trajectory is. And like I said, I remember everything. So people will come and talk shit. And it's funny to I me, mean, I'll see those people flip and they'll go from talking shit to like, oh man, you never miss or whatever. It's like, yeah. you're the same motherfucker who, who, yep. who wished cancer on me. But at the end of the day, like for me, it's just a grind and to know where I'm at. And like I said, when you're getting more positive than negative, that's when you know you're doing the good shit. Like mm-hmm. even if it's sixty forty or whatever, like you got people that rock with you. And you look at somebody like Skip Bayless. Skip is the highest paid, you know, <laughs> dude in the game, right? And all he does is troll. Like yeah. look at his man. I mean, look at I look at LeBron's mentions LeBron will post him like, hey, I just you got a thousand scholarships for kids. Like, how come you didn't get two thousand? <laughs> yep. You asshole. Like <laughs> how you know what I mean it's like damn dog like you know, oh that wasn't good enough. You didn't do this, you didn't do that, you didn't save the world, you gotta go save China. Like this is the shit that these dudes deal with on a daily. So anybody who wants to get in that social space, this is what that world is. Just a lot of fun shit mm-hmm. and being on shows like this and doing cool ass shit. But then it's a lot of like, you know, because those those shit stings sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody called me like thumb face or toe face one point. And I told my wife we were cracking up, and now that's like a running thing with it, because he was like, damn, I do I do have a kind of a little toe face, like shit. <laughs> I'm just like, that really stung, dog. You really got me. But sometimes it'll make <laughs> me laugh, and you, and you just have to give it up to the people. Like, yo, that was a good one. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was accurate. I do actually have a face that looks like a dog. Like,
0: <laughs> and for the people at home, I mean, we got both both worlds, right? You got someone that reads every comment versus somebody that don't read it much, and both can end up successful. I'm so trying
1: what? to get a mill, so I'm going to stop reading them <laughs> shit. I'm going to be real. Like, I'm, I'm trying to follow your, your bread comes to your model because— you got that shit figured. Out. Like I said, you had me twenty minutes hooked, and think I'm thinking, I'm like, "Hell, like this motherfucker could have read this shit in thirty seconds." Yep. I just wanted to know who he picked. I I'm just, I just did drop, that team.
0: I drop, and I work on the next one. It's yeah. like after that. That video don't exist to me no more. I'm on to the next one.
1: And that's a grind that I feel like a lot of people want to get in this space. I see a lot of people that work at these companies. I'll ask them, like, what's your schedule? And they'll tell me time. Just like, you don't work at social. Mm-hmm. Nine to what? There's no, no way. i wake up at three in the morning or some shit. <laughs> I remember when Kawhi went to the Clippers. I was at was... my wife's crib in Iowa, about to go to sleep, like 11.30, Got, like, the Paul George trade alert. I'm mm-hmm. like, what the fuck is going on? Mm-hmm. Then the, the Kawhi hit, I'm like, right, it's going to be a long night. Like, we got this content to be gotten. I can't wait. Same thing. I was I was laying in bed
0: when that happened. It, it happened. I ran to the workroom. I'm like, I got to I got to film a video. That video ended up being a one out of ten, which is, like, my most viewed video of the last ten. Like, it's, there is no schedule when you're working
1: in this realm yeah. at all. Exactly. You grind and you go, and that's how you be successful. And a lot of people like, oh, man, I'll put some of it in hits. So to put some other shit up. To mm-hmm. your point, like, I might drop some shit. I did a song called AD On The Way when uh, Anthony Davis signed with the Lakers that was using the Ice Cube uh, good day beat. Mm-hmm. Ice Cube hit it, Shannon Sharp. I mean, all these people, like, but the next day it's like, shit, all right, it's like a drug, man. Those numbers ran up, so I got to get that shit again. Like, yeah. whatever I come up with next, got to perform just as well to the point now where it's like I get so desensitized by – a viral tweet because it's like, I need to put up more. Like, yeah. what else can I say, you know, but without being too thirsty or putting up too much shit mm-hmm. and finding that balance? Because then you start over posting, over tweeting, and then it has a reverse effect. But for me, it's like social is like a science, like a game now. It's like, any moment we could fucking finish this interview, I could see some shit happen. And it's time I might be doing it on the, <laughs> I mean, I'm, you know, I'm driving safely on the way home, I Close. pull over and, and get it out. But I've had times where it's like, I gotta pull up to get this tweet out. Like, run. This is a ticking time bomb. Like, I got to get this shit out.
0: Here on Called Game, we're a fan of basketball, sneakers, and trading cards. Are you, I'm guessing you're a sneakerhead, at least to some extent?
1: I never really got good sneakers as a kid. My parents, I had, my dad had a lot of kids, so we had a lot of different hands mm-hmm. in the pot. But I've always respected sneakers, and I've definitely been a trading card dude since the 80s.
0: Word, word. So we're going to
1: show you something.
0: We want you to open these and tell me if these bring back any memories, any reactions
1: or anything. Let's see what we got in here. Oh, yeah. I think my these were my pops had these joints to be real with you. Yep. Yep, the top tens. The like top tens. so he so he was um he kinda he hurt his neck when I was a little kid. So he he wasn't I didn't get to see him play as much. So I used to always think he was washed until I started watching <laughs> highlights of, in my older life. But knowing he had like a shoe deal and all the stuff, because we, we'd have these just laying around the crib. Mm-hmm. And I remember even wearing them in like junior high. Like he would have just random shit, jerseys. Like we would wear his Clippers jerseys, his also We just did a video for his uh, 65th birthday, Duncan. And he's wearing his jersey. But I actually wear that as a kid and it was snug on me.
0: <laughs> so yeah, um, for the people at home, the story behind these Adidas dropped these uh, in the late 70s. And they're called Top 10 because they gave it to their top 10 Adidas athletes. And your pops is one of them, yeah. which is which is crazy. I mean, this is a, a silhouette that will live forever. Like, it's one of the premier early stages basketball sneaker. And it, it lives even to this day in certain portions of the country, like Detroit, rock, rock with these heavily. Really? I, I don't really understand why. I mean, I'm not. It's, a, it's an amazing shoe, of course. But something about Detroit and this sneaker just go hand in hand. Yeah. And uh, when I was a kid, I wanted a pair of these kind of... Unrelated to the basketball. I just think that the way it looks was fire, you know? So we, we thought it'd be cool if you unbox a pair of your pop sneaks and.
1: Just, yeah, these are. This, this brought back memories. We went back down memory lane with this one, but yeah, knowing it's funny because I think he was one of the first dudes to get like a million dollar contract, but it's oh like, God. I got so many brothers and sisters now, it's like I, I'm going to be a working <laughs> man for the rest of my life, but knowing the, like the way like Michael Jordan like I don't know if you saw the last, I'm sure you did saw the last dance but he's got the poster at mm-hmm. his at his college dorm. So we're looking at my dad like were you really that good cuz like I'm giving you buckets now It's like a 13 <laughs> 14 year old he got the janky hip he had you know the janky neck too but I'm going at him like you know busting his ass in one on one and it's like you were an NBA player dog I don't I don't I don't know if I believe it but Seeing the old tape and seeing the way that dudes like he's got this video, of like him blocking Kareem shot, or mm. him, you know, the way of you know, like dudes like Bernard King will talk about going up against him and just the battles they had. For me, it's like, yo, this dude, this dude was really the the, the shit. Like, wow,
0: I feel like we always underrate our pops at, at some extent. Like, my dad's the hardest worker ever, but when I was young, I didn't really think about it like that, you know what yeah. I'm saying? But now, once I hit adulthood and I see. Like, I remember him waking up at 2 in the morning to go to work and then coming back at 5 p.m. I'm like, oh, snap. Pops is really about that grind. Yeah. Um, in a few days, we have Matt Barnes and his boys on. And I wonder how they look at their dad, if it's similar to the way, like, NBA fans look at their dad, you
1: know? I think, you know, growing up with a Pops who played in the league, it was tough because it was that was that that was your normal, right? That was – it was never – You know, it was nothing for us. I remember he finished his career with the the Golden State Warriors and and MJ came to town, but we get taken into the locker room to go meet MJ. That wasn't, I'm just saying, I'm not trying to stun or brag, but that was like a normal experience. Like we're hanging out with Chris Mullen. We live in the same gated community. Like Chris Mullen, I don't think he had kids at that point. I want to say his wife was pregnant with like their first child. This was like 89. But he's taking us to the gym to go get jumpers up. So we're literally an oracle by ourselves shooting, with you know, shagging rebounds for Chris Mullen. And that's just like, I go back and think now, like holy shit, like that was like you know legendary. <laughs> That's like big, this dude, yeah. this dude, and just to see even the way he like talks about my pops, because my pops was a, was a shadow of himself after his neck injury. But to see the way that these dudes and Don Nelson was coaching the squad at that point, but to see the way these dudes looked at him and revered him and just the respect they had for him. And I'm looking like, they are only averaging like six points a game. Like <laughs> you're not like you're not the business, dog. But it's an amazing thing, and to know that he had Adidas, literally, you know, was on the roster giving them shoes and. and yeah. It's a a legendary thing.
0: It really is. It really is. Rare retro latest release all on eBay, all backed by the authenticity guarantee. And if you're a seller out there, there is a zero fee for $100 plus sneakers all on eBay. Shout out to eBay out there.
1: I just did some shit with eBay. So shout out to eBay as well. Appreciate you guys. (laughs) I hope that bag is in transit. (laughs) Don't make me find you.
0: timeout. Have y'all checked out the new playoff game from our partners at DraftKings yet? You can win up to $10,000 a day every single day during the playoffs. All you have to do is select the answers to the questions like who's going to score the first basket tonight or which team will sink the most threes and you can tune into the game and see if you win. It's free to enter. All you have to do is hit the link in the description, use the promo code called game and take your shot. Yeah, man. So you just told the, the meet and Michael Jordan part. How, how old were you when that, that happened?
1: So this, I was like seven or eight. I mean, I've met Mike a few times. We went out to Santa Barbara when my brother was in college, and my brother played at the Jordan Dome with him. He was on, like, my brother famously tells this story where my brother was a college guy. They just won the national championship. Mike's doing the games up there. My brother ends up being on Mike's team every time he's up there. Mike's mm. like, yo, I want Chris on my squad. Oh, my smart. brother was a fucking beast, 6'3". He's probably
0: still telling that story to this day, yeah, right? For sure. Yeah, sure. Like, every, every, no
1: like Space Jam, like, we've been getting, we've been getting <laughs> mileage out of this shit, but... <laughs> Going to that Warner Brothers lot and just seeing it. I remember going there as a kid. My dad would bring me up there every once in a while. But after a game, or after they finished playing for the day, it was Mike, Charles Barkley, and Ken Griffey Jr. Like a stack of patent leathers just like, and, you know, I'm just looking at those, but they're at the poker table, just stacks of hundreds. like, <laughs> And it's just a normal thing, Like right? yeah. I'm looking like these are like three of the greatest athletes of all time, and they're just talking shit, hanging out. Man,
0: that's yeah, it's crazy, man. I... I feel like there's, when I watch the last dance, cause I actually watch it again on the flight here, which is funny that you even brought the last dance up. There are so many people in that, speaking like his rookie season after he got drafted, they're like getting his autographs. And like, they had no idea in that moment that they were getting the autograph of the the greatest player of all time.
1: I mean, I would say second greatest. I know you're Chicago oh, guy. Oh,
0: see. Okay. Behind all the right. prime,
1: but... I'm. No, 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 no. You know,
0: which is funny, um, usually when I talk to, you're a little bit older than I am, usually when I talk to people that actually got to see Mike, they're like, without a doubt, it is Mike and not, not LeBron, but you're one of the few people that saw both, and you're like, it is LeBron.
1: So this is what, I had a come to Jesus moment later on in life, because I was thinking about, and this is the thing, we, we saw 80s basketball, I was born in 82, so I got to see tail in the 80s ball, mm-hmm. magic, all those, I mean, you know, beasts. Then MJ, great, but expansionary. They added, like, and I remember just, oh, there's cool new teams popping up, not thinking, like, damn, this league is really getting watered down and the product's getting mm-hmm. so devalued. He's still the greatest player in the league at that point, but they added the Magic, the Heat, the Hornets, like, right. all these squads. And they weren't good, you know, so this is, like, free, easy wins mm-hmm. during the season. I think I calculated, like, in his first two years against, like, the Heat and the, whenever that those squads came, he was, like, 29-1, and 1, including playoffs. I think the Heat made the playoffs, like, their second or third year as a franchise. Right. But that would never fly. Like you, couldn't, you couldn't just assemble a team nowadays mm-hmm. and guys you know, could go out there. But no disrespect to MJ, I think it's just a game. And, and it's what they started with that 92 Dream Team all the way through. Some, way more dudes hoop now, and they hoop right. at a high level. So mm-hmm. so
0: you, you would say that right now we have the greatest <laughs> talent that we've ever had in the NBA?
1: Uh, yeah, I think I mean I think this is the best version of the league that we've ever seen with with the guys like KD, LeBron, and we we really feel it too when we don't see these guys on the court. and It mm-hmm. hurts the product. Like guys on, sure. you know, a guy like Clay, just Clay might be the second, third best player on his team, but he could go somewhere else and be the guy, be like Harden and mm-hmm. really just resurrect the whole franchise and you know do that type of stuff. So these dudes are just at another level, just the the, the caliber they play with the style because they have. It's like my dad, you know, from 70s to 80s, like there's the jump there, 80s and 90s. Now they got more resources, whatever. The league had to expand. Eventually it caught up. But the league hasn't really expanded, I want to say, since like 2003, whatever it mm-hmm. is. You know, so now these dudes, they're they're all battling each other for these spots. And it's so hard to be one of those 400, 30, 450 guys on a roster. But that's no knock to MJ. I do that a lot just to troll. I've right. got to, you know, skip back. i got to bring balance to the force for LeBron. <laughs> But I think when you look at the dude what MJ was able to accomplish six, you know, six championships, six finals MVPs and those squads, like, you know, those were great moments. Like yeah. the NBA on NBC was fucking some of the best times of my life. Just see, you know, getting ready for the Bulls Knicks game or a Bulls Pacers game mm-hmm. or whatever was going on. To see the way that dude moved and to actually see him in the real world and be able to like touch him and like, you know, <laughs> look at the high short as he's walking around and doing his thing. It's just like, man, Mike is, I still, I still hold, I, I talk shit until I see him and right. then it's like, okay, can, <laughs> you're okay. He might be the gun.
0: Have you met Bron?
1: I met Bron. I haven't really like formally introduced, but he came and played at UCLA, and I handed him a towel at one point. Oh, right, okay. He was playing pickup at UCLA. He walked over to me. i like, oh, is this is going to be the moment. He's like, you passed me a towel? I'm like, yes, Bron. <laughs> so hopefully, he actually quote-tweeted me the other day. I did this like little thread on a uh, curly-haired hoover. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was the first time we ever interacted, which leads me to believe he's got a burner where he's monitoring my shit. But for him to bring it to the main page it was like, right. okay, LeBron, after we, had, it was funny, we lost to Gonzaga, so I'm at the house ready to cry. <laughs> and then I checked my DM and Kyle Long, who used to play with the Bears. DM me like, oh, Yo, you got the LeBron quote, tweet?" And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Then I look, I'm like, oh, shit, I got LeBron. <laughs> so I just, I remember losing and going crazy. But to have that bittersweet moment, obviously that squad losing to Gonzaga to go to the, the national championship game. But then LeBron hitting it, was like, all right, Yeah, well, yeah. LeBron's
0: not- been on, on NBA Twitter a decent amount the last couple of weeks. A couple. He got your quote tweet. He quote tweeted Mark. On the I'm 36 thing, yeah. so
1: he he's a, he's aware of a lot of the stuff going on right now. And shout out to Mark, those that crew, those dudes. That's again, it's another. And I think we're all kind of in the same pot of dudes who are super talented, who had to just make our own lane. Mm-hmm. Like may have not gotten, a, I would never have got the opportunity to host and do a lot of the shit I'm doing if I didn't run the numbers up and get to where I want to be but everybody can do that and turn the camera on. To see their trajectory, these dudes always have the, the – I get mad because they don't do the finals fucking sketches every – it's like yeah. they do these every, after every game. Like, just put some shit up. We're going to retweet <laughs> yeah. it. It's going to be great. But uh, to see that – I remember there was a shot of them in the bubble, I think, watching a video that, yep, yep. that Spectrum had used for, like, a Lakers backstage promo, yep. and they're both just cracking up. So to see marking that crew's trajectory, and they just you – know, I think they just did put, put up one the other day with LaMelo Ball. Like, these dudes – they, you know, they same don't thing. miss. Grind, um, go, hit, go hit the uh, the Hell Club court, shoot a video. Yep. I just I appreciate them for having sets and really like, you know you, no matter what they're doing, when they were doing like the text on screen or whatever, mm-hmm. you felt like you were there. I felt like I was looking yeah. at LeBron scream at J.R. Smith, St. Right. Dwayne Wade packing or whatever was going on. Like I felt those moments, like these were real things happening. Yeah,
0: what, what I like most about Mark and his crew is that it's always Mark and his crew. He yeah. won't allow it to be Mark. You know, because I've met those guys plenty of times. Those are the homies. Um, they all play their role. Like, Mark might be the guy, like, that's the main character in a lot of the skits, but they all play their role. Like, Af is behind the camera. You know, he's editing it up. Desmond is doing uh, CGI. Like, it's, it's always RDC world, and he tried to prevent it from being Mark, which is just—it's crazy.
1: And that's why they're going to be successful. For me, it's always—I kick myself, or I, I might just ask, like, how come these dudes— don't have their own show or mm-hmm. don't, and no no knock to the starters in that group, but the starters were on NBA TV for years. Mm-hmm. Like, if you tell me Mark and them can't do a sketch of Mark Drewski and a couple other people, and I want to give away free game, but – Hey, it's
0: maybe some stuff you don't know
1: about what's going on behind I mean, the scenes. I mean, I, fit, I this is the thing, because I remember tweeting about this shit like two, three years ago. Mm-hmm. Like, how come Mark – and I've tried to pitch sketch shows and shit. I'm like, how come these dudes – because I'll pay – there's no shortage of talent. Just let them do what they do. Let them yep. cook. Like somebody like yourself, we're working together. You just do what you do. Mm-hmm. I just want to make sure you do it. Like, I'm not going to tell you shit. Like, <laughs> what can I tell you about making high videos? Yeah. Like, I'm just saying, like, you know, you do that for a living. All I, I can be like, hey, maybe try this, try that. Or do you see this happen? Mm-hmm. Would you guys want to make a video about that? Like, but I'm excited. You know I'm saying? I'm excited for those whole crew and to see. Now they're showing like the next generation that of just entertainers and, and talent that you don't have to do the traditional thing. Like yep. you said before, you can carve your own lane and make your own history. Like you really control your destiny.
0: There ain't no stopping me when you know that I call that. Yeah. We're going to go back. We talked about some sneakers. We got to get to some cards. You see, we got two boxes here. Okay. Now, what we're going to do, I'm going to open up this box. I'm giving you one pack, and I'm keeping a pack for myself. Okay. We're going to open. It's four per pack. We have eight players, and we have to build our ideal starting five okay. from those eight players. Okay, for sure. Um, I don't have nails, so I'm going to have to go back here for this. I think. This I didn't
1: realize they were still making regular cards. Everything was, I'm trying to figure out what these NFTs are I'm don't even get me started I, I have no idea I couldn't tell you Cause I'm watching these clips On YouTube Like Do you want me to just uh, To rip that for you And put it in like a, that, I'm just trying, which, I'll charge you 50 grand for it that, <laughs> that makes you feel
0: They're everywhere man The the NFTs All of these things Are everywhere and I don't you, I wouldn't I can't do it I'm more of a Traditional Rip a pack guy
1: I need the gum in the pack Really <laughs> You know I miss that feeling The stale ass gum That lasts 8 seconds <laughs>
0: Okay, let's see who we can potentially put together.
1: Wow, this has been – I haven't done this in like 20 years. This is beautiful.
0: What you get over there?
1: I got John Collins. Okay. I got Andre Roberson. I eh. got Jalen LeCue uh. and Terry Rozier.
0: Okay, we got – that's two really decent players, and then Terry Rozier's having a great season. I got Klay Thompson to start off with. Oh, We're we are good. I got John Wall. Oh. I got John Stockton. My okay. car is, my, my pack is killing your pack, by the way.
1: I didn't. I didn't realize we were. Uh, they had former guys on there too. Yeah, I didn't either. And then lastly, we got Jaleel
0: Okafor. So we got some hits here. I'm, I'm guessing we're agreeing on starting either John. One of the Johns, John Wall or John Stockton.
1: Ooh, I think we gotta go Stockton. We I gotta think. go
0: Stockton. right? All time leading steals and assists. Okay, Stockton at the one. Ooh. Who do you have over there? Who who is your two? Because you had you had John Collins at I got one John of John the... Collins for mm-hmm. you,
1: and I got Terry Rozier. Other okay, that, if we need somebody to miss a free throw, I...
0: <laughs> do we? Terry Rozier's been running a lot of two this season with Lamelo Ball and and Vontae Graham. So maybe we put Terry at the two. I'm with it. And then we got at the three Clay. You know Clay Clay's versatile. We can run that. John Collins at the four. Yeah, I'm with it. And I, I guess you're rocking with Jaleel Okafor? Hey, you got it. You oh. got
1: it. Oh, okay. Rebound. Rebound out That's
0: it. Give him some post touches. He'll be effective. So we got John, John Stockton, Terry Rozier, Clay Thompson, John Collins, and Jaleel Okafor. That's
1: not, that's not a bad starting five. That team is winning 50 Yeah, we'll be a playoff team for sure. In either conference. Yeah,
0: we'll, we'll be a playoff team. You Play know.
1: MVP. <laughs> Finals MVP. And
0: we got we got John Stockton that's gonna find everybody too. Clay Thompson off those screens with John Stockton passing to him. Come on, man.
1: Uh, Clay's probably averaging forty five points a For game sure. with that. For
0: sure. And then the lob threat in John Collins. I see John Stockton may not have thrown a lot of lobs in his career because he had old man Carl Malone. Yeah. But some lobs up in there.
1: You had to hit Ulster Tag at least one. You hit a Greg <laughs> <Facts>. Foster off. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that three inch vertical. He'll so, get up there. He'll get off that. He there. might
1: come down with it, then go back up, but <laughs>
0: You can collect with confidence on eBay. They have the largest collection of trading cards in the world with new box drops and hard-to-find cards. It's really a one-stop shop for trading card buyers and collectors. Check out the description for more of what eBay is rolling out. So the thing that we ask every guest last, the name of the show is called Game. You know, buzzer, beat, boom, game over. Game is on the line. Who are you passing the ball to to call Game?
1: I'm going to give the ball to Kobe Bean Bryant because he's going to get a bucket. Mm. Kobe loved getting buckets. Yeah. He loved making dif- – especially if there's like four dudes on him because he's going to throw some shit up and he's going to find his way in the basket. Always. And that's no disrespect to Mike who also could get it going too. And no disrespect to Bron, but Braun is more of a facilitator. He'll take the shot if he has to. Mm-hmm. But he's kind of got a bad rap for that. But yeah, if I need a bucket, you got to go to Kobe to call game Yep. Nope. because he's not going to allow it. Kobe or Magic. I'll say Magic. I played a lot Ooh. of pickup up with Magic. Magic will just, if it's a pickup, he's going to call a foul. So he's going to just do it till he makes the shot. But in a, in a game, I got to go with Kobe.
0: Okay. See, we've had a few people on the show. Kobe is a go-to all the time. Everybody yeah. knows that Kobe is a guy to get a ball to. We haven't heard Magic yet, though.
1: Magic Magic would get a bucket. Mm. I mean, the hook, he had to play the five. Like, yep. Magic came through really stunning, and he's just a hero of mine. So I love, I, I mean, look, I remember 91, but seeing Magic now, everything he's been through. Literally healthier than all of us. Like, Magic <laughs> is that dude. He yeah. took a stigma, really turned it on his ass, and really made the world kind of understand and take note. And to see what he's done as a businessman, just a human being, man, Like I got to rock with Magic. So we just had
0: Josiah Johnson onto the show, and you know how we do it. We have to ask him, with the game on the line, who did he want to give the ball to to call game? Now, Josiah is an L.A. boy at heart, and his picks reflect that. Starting off with the all-time leading vote-getter in this category, Kobe Bean brian the kb initial fits so great you know i can tell you that from from experience and the last guy he gave us was an underrated pick another laker legend and that is mj of course not michael jordan but magic johnson i felt like him being 6'9 you can give him the ball here on the block maybe he i was born in 96 i didn't get to see magic johnson play so i'm, I'm being honest with you but these were josiah's picks for who he wanted to call game I feel that. I feel that. I like the magic burner account too. Yeah. I know you know. It, but <laughs> yeah.
1: I got. There's still, There's so many burner accounts popping up. I always DM those dudes like, fuck. There's like a Dolan one. I'll just yo. always hit these dudes like, you motherfuckers are hilarious. <laughs> dog. Like, how you have this shit ready to go? And I'll always, there's like literal Larry's another one that I, that I've seen. But I remember literal Larry. I saw me had like eight nine thousand followers. I'm like, yo, this is gonna this is gonna be a hundred thousand follower account. Just stay just stay consistent. Keep grinding. Make sure you know the voice. Yeah. Of the the you know the, the page that you're using. Don't try to change. But him, Magic's burning. I wonder who these dudes are. And it's funny, like, you know, so many dudes out there that, that are behind these abbeys, then you meet them. It's like, these dudes are fucking legends, bro. They're from all over the country, but they just grind. And that's what I love to see on social. All
0: right. We appreciate y'all at home for watching this episode of Call Game. Be sure to like, subscribe, follow Josiah on all socials. That'll be in the description as well. You got anything else to say to the people at home? No. Thank you.
1: God bless you for having me on, man. I appreciate you.
0: All right. And we out. Peace.